Hey, Baltimore. It's Megan. Today, we are trying something new. We've left the padded, insulated walls of our studio at Tennis Lombard for the very cool kitchen at Be More Kitchen. We're here with Evan Altman, who is co-founder of Be More Kitchen. Thank you for letting us take over today. Sure. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So how did this come to be? I was looking for kitchen space in the city to start my own food business. Couldn't find any. There was no affordable kitchen space to be had. So I actually went and met with a group in D.C. that had started a food incubator, and I asked them, how can we take your concept and bring it to Baltimore? Because I thought the city needed it. Uh, They actually put me in contact with another guy who was trying to do the same thing, the other co-founder, Jonathan Fishman. We started working on it together. It took about two years to get up and running. Uh, We've been in business for about a year now, and we've got over 30 small food businesses operating here. What was your initial food concept? So my background is in butchery and charcuterie. So I started Fat City Meat Company, which also operates out of here. Does everyone get along here? Yeah, actually. We, I think we have a very good culture here. And that was part of, part of the goal was to create you know, a real community. Um, a lot of shared kitchens are hourly. You know, we, don't, we don't let hourly people come in here. We want people to be invested in using this space, and that helps the culture. Yeah, so how is the breakdown if you want to have a kitchen here? Do you sign up for time, or, I mean, do you pay monthly? It's a, it's a monthly membership model, so people sign a year-long agreement, mm-hmm. and then every month they pay a fee, which gives them access either 24-7 or for nights and weekends. So they're able to really get a lot more kitchen space for their money than they would if they were paying by the hour. Yeah. So how have you seen... Or- what businesses have you seen sort of succeed out of here? Is the idea to, to start here and then move on, or is the idea to start here and stay? It really depends on the businesses. Um, some people want to use this as a stepping stone to a retail storefront. Uh, other people that do farmer's markets, they might not need their own facility, and they might be happy staying here as long as they want to run their business. Um, I think other businesses that are essentially like small food manufacturers. They might want to create their own production facility down the road. So the goal, uh, I think, is different for each business that operates here. Um, A year in, we don't have anyone yet that has essentially graduated out to go start their own facility or open their own bricks and mortar. Yeah, right. So I think that the longer we're around, the more of those success stories hopefully we'll, we'll have to share with people. Um, but at this point, I think a lot of people, particularly the early members that are still here, are very, very happy to, to still be here and still you know, grow their business out of this facility. It's so impressive to be in this space. I mean, it's, if you could see it, it's just all these, I mean, what, what do you call them, prep tables? Yeah. Yeah, and then the stations, and there's, it's hard to see from here. There's huge ranges, and I don't know. I mean, this looks really impressive. It is. um, One thing about this that is unique is that we actually designed and built this space for this purpose. Mm -hmm. A lot of other uh, commercial kitchens that are shared are kind of retrofitted. They're they're old restaurant kitchens or commissaries that are then, you know, used for this this shared setup. We we actually um, were looking for a building for this, for this purpose. So we were able to do things like design this massive open kitchen that you wouldn't really see outside of a huge hotel or a banquet hall. I mean, this is, the kitchen itself is about 10,000 square feet. So you've got a nice big open prep room. You can see across the whole thing. There are 
virtually no columns throughout the space, uh, so it's very open. We have a lot of natural light that comes through the office as well, which helps. We've got a 65-foot hood line in the kitchen with a whole array of equipment that people need. Uh, we've got uh, things like three-compartment sinks. We've got multiple sinks, um, which really cuts down on the pinch points that you would see in other shared kitchens. So um, it is, you know, really the most beautiful kitchen I've ever worked in from the standpoint of how bright it is with all this light coming in. When we were working on this space and designing it, I realized that I'd never worked in a kitchen that had a window, let alone this oh whole gosh. wall of windows. Yeah, so it's, so it's unique. So, and you have an event space upstairs as well, right? We do, yeah. It's called the accelerator space. So on the second floor above the kitchen uh, used to be the garage when this was uh, a car dealership. So again, it's massive open space. It had these original hardwood floors, these cool industrial windows running along both sides of the space. Um, exposed I-beams, so it had really great bones, and we weren't sure you know, exactly what we were going to do with that room because we had enough space on the first floor for the kitchen, so we decided to turn that into an event space. So um, it does a few things. Number one, it, it helps our business to be able to rent that space out, but it's also ultimately a tool for the member businesses down here. Our goal is to use that as a way to uh, drive revenue to these businesses working in the incubator kitchen. So if you're a caterer or if you're a baker, uh, you've got a lot of opportunities to um, potentially you know, produce food for things like weddings, corporate events. Uh, we've had a couple association parties up there. Um, so it's just a whole other uh, element to the building uh, itself. All right, so now I'm here with Max Rime, uh, owner and founder of PyTime. How are you? Doing really well. All right, so this looks very cool. We're looking at the table, which is full of flour, and there's a huge rolling pin. So I make pies occasionally. All right. The last pie I made, the dough was so sticky, and it never came together, and it melted. Literally, it melted into a puddle in the oven. So oh. <laughs> tell me what I did wrong. Um, well, I think it starts by nailing down a crust recipe like... So like that one. having like a little arsenal of maybe like three crust recipes that you can go to and you know are going to work every time. Um, ours, uh, what kind of makes it special is that it's made with canola oil instead of Crisco or butter. Okay. So the liquid fat distributes super evenly throughout the crust and we get a really beautiful flake and neutral flavor. So that way the filling takes over. Okay. So you mine called for vinegar, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Maybe. I've seen that in a couple of recipes. I've heard like vinegar or vodka, something yeah, like that yeah. um, is pretty common, but we just use oil, flour and water. Watching it come together, this is, I mean, this is seamless. So does this crust work for our savory and sweet pies? Yeah, so we use it for our savories and for our sweets. Um, the main difference is when it gets used in a savory pie, it gets a couple tablespoons of dried herbs um, that line up with the filling. So like the beef carbonade and the mushroom bourguignon get thyme. Everything Ugh, else gets parsley. So Sometimes we'll do cilantro. So yeah. Okay, cool. So how long have you been in business? Uh, this is year three for pie time. Um, it's year two for me just doing this full time. Mm -hmm. And were you, yeah. were you always baking or did this uh, let's see. happen recently? I graduated with a degree in like environmental science okay. and then it was 2011. So of course the first job I found was as a line cook and I really liked it. Um, so I moved back to Baltimore. I was a line cook for a couple of years and then uh, started pie time. All right, um, 
So we are now walking through Be More Kitchen with my dear friend, Lauren Shine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fine. Thanks. So you work for Gundalo Gourmet? Yes, Gundalo Gourmet. We are a personal chef service and catering operation, and we work out of Be More Kitchen when we're not cooking for clients in home. And can we walk over to your station? Yes. Let's, uh, let me give you the grand tour. So I work right over here. This is my prep table, and right over here... And something interesting. So everybody, all the companies here have a designated space and prep table. And then all of the equipment on the perimeter is shared. So as you can see right now, there are some items on my table that aren't mine, which is totally cool. One of the really great things about it here is that the space is all shared. So if someone's not here or if you're having a really busy day, you can spread out. You are not contained to your area. So it's just... It really is. It's a team. Even though we all operate completely separately, there's just an understanding. Do you get to snack on that bowl of blueberries if they're on your table? Oh, it's so dangerous here. You have no idea. So I have, um, I'm pretty fortunate to have some great neighbors. I'm kind of in the baking section of things, which I, I'm not a baker. I hate baking. I'm not good at it. But uh, I have a pie maker to my right. I have cakes to my left it's it's pretty impressive so yeah there's a fair amount of sampling it's pretty works good. both ways i give them treats too okay well that's nice of you yeah. so how long have you been working out of be more kitchen gosh so we uh we joined be more kitchen i believe we started working here in november so almost a year and it's it's been huge for our company it's really it's really helped us a lot so now we're here with michelle bond of bottoms up bagels how are you I'm doing great. How are you? Good. So we were just talking to Lauren about how she does not have early mornings, but my guess is that's not the case for you. No, unfortunately. Or fortunately, it depends. Uh, A lot of customers ask us, you know, about the business and we're like, well, aside from the lifestyle choice. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, most mornings we're in here about four or five, which isn't too bad. Weekends are a lot earlier, two or three a.m. Why are weekends earlier? Uh, Just just the volume. We do farmer's markets um, or events like this weekend we've got. Uh, free to breathe the yoga event in Druid Hill oh, Park yeah, at the yeah. zoo, um, and then on Saturday we've got just the regular farmers market. So, just um, we bake everything fresh the morning of, so wow. back out a few hours before the start of any event, and we're usually um, getting up and getting to it. So, um, what pie are we seeing made right now? Uh, let's see. I think Carl is laying down the crust for. The blueberry lemon zest. I was just staring at those blueberries a few minutes ago. <laughs> those are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they. this is the last of the run from McLeaf's Orchards. Um, so their harvest is coming to a close. So we went ahead and bought like four flats. And we'll get through this week's bake with those. And also freeze a bunch um, to extend right. peach blueberry pie on the menu through September. Awesome. Yeah, because the peach harvest lasts a little longer than the blueberries. So sometimes we... Do you source locally for... All for the fruit pie, yeah. pretty much 100% of the fruit is totally local. Um, our meat pies and savory pies, we'll use more commodities ingredients. Um, but yeah, the fruit is definitely all local. Yeah. And where do you distribute in the city? Or, or you know, yeah. beyond? So this weekend, we're going to be at the Fells Point Farmer's Market. And we'll also be at the Downtown Farmer's Market and Bazaar on Sunday mornings. That's our biggest one. Sure. Uh, we also bring our modular espresso cart to that. So we're able to serve espressos, cappuccinos, nitro cold brew, iced lattes. So that's been 
that's been a really fun business expansion for Pie Time this year. Yeah. Is expanding our coffee sales. And do you sell the pies to be consumed that day? Do you sell them? Can you freeze them and serve them later? Like, what do you recommend? Yeah. So, um... We do these big pies get sliced up into eights, and generally those folks like can take that as a single serving to okay. eat that day. Wait, I should say I'm pregnant, and in my mind, I was thinking that there's no way you could sell anything less than the entire pie to a person. <laughs> we used to rent kitchen space on an hourly basis when we had a large event, which was wonderful, and we loved being there. However, it wasn't it wasn't our space. We were guests in someone else's home. And it was great, but we were we were truly nomadic. So we we have a pantry here. We have space in the walk-in refrigerator and the freezer. I come in every day and I know what's here and where I left it and it's just given us a home. So what changed? What what led you to bagels? Um a few different things. I mean, um, I was going through a job transition had always really wanted to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner and I um, had always wanted to do some sort of food venture. And we both grew up in different parts of New Jersey where kind of like simple, you know, short order cook, bagels, all that kind of breakfast stuff was really um, accessible yeah. and missed the culture of that here in Baltimore. And so we were really after trying to replicate not only a good bagel, but also just a really basic interaction at a customer level that was like really good service, really good quality, and something that is very simple that doesn't have to be artisan or high end, but that but comfort like construction site or business meeting, you know, you, everybody loves bagels. And so we, um, that was really the thing that got us on this as a business choice. We had been doing it as a hobby just because we missed good bagels. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, grew it into, then there might be something more here. You know, we both being not from the food world had been in enough conversations about you know when everybody when any, whenever anybody brought bagels into a meeting you know automatically the conversation would ensue about like whether they were good bagels who had the best bagel i mean they're very polarizing topics it's like pizza yeah yeah exactly, exactly. Um, and had you noticed that there weren't great bagels in baltimore is that did that lead yeah, you to it? There, mean, there are some, but there are some. it's not like New York or New Jersey where... Right. Yeah. I think it was less that there wasn't a good bagel, although, you know, that can be debated. But I think it's more about the culture, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, being able to throw a stone and hit three shops, um, having a hangover and getting a really good bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Oh, my God, <laughs> um, yeah. Things that we just kind of grew up with that um, we knew there was a market for, you know, it's just very basic. But um, yeah. so I think it's more the culture of it than the actual food itself. So back here is our dry storage area. We have a couple of walk-ins. This is a walk-in freezer. As you can see, it's negative four degrees. So I'm not sure if you want to go in there, but you're more than welcome. I want to go you in just because it's out? so hot yeah, outside yeah, yeah. today. No, I think it feels great. I'm um, curious. I'm not, yeah. Okay. Come on in, guys. All right. So... Oh, Come I'm in. not even it's, over the door it's yet. It's real cold. It's freezing. Yeah. Don't let that door close behind so, us. Um, no, no, no. The door's safe. You have to let it close. N- no. Okay, okay, so we're we're going to go leave. back out. We're going to leave. <laughs> All right. So that's the uh, walk-in freezer. That is so, so cool. Isn't that nuts? So. So what's your favorite bagel to make and what's your favorite bagel to eat? <laughs> um, I don't eat a lot. I try not to eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So probably to make is our, um, 
might be the same answer, actually. So um, we do a black Russian, which is a pumpernickel everything bagel, which... That's um, my husband's favorite. It's my favorite to eat, for sure. And um, I just, you know, I like working with the, the different kinds of flour and kind of making it. It's a little bit more uh, ornery, so, you know, it takes a while to, to get the consistency right. Yeah. Um, that was a challenge for us when we moved out of, you know, our home kitchen into this place and the scaling and everything. But, yeah, that's probably, that's probably my favorite. So, and you have an event space upstairs as well, right? We do, yeah. It's called the Accelerator Space. So, on the second floor above the kitchen uh, used to be the garage when this was uh, a car dealership. So, again, it's massive open space. It had these original hardwood floors, these cool industrial windows running along both sides of the space, um, exposed I-beams. So, it had really great bones, and we weren't sure you know, exactly what we were going to do with that room because we had enough space on the first floor for the kitchen, so we decided to turn that into an event space. So um, it does a few things. Number one, it, it helps our business to be able to rent that space out, but it's also ultimately a tool for the member businesses down here. Our goal is to use that as a way to uh, drive revenue to these businesses working in the incubator kitchen. So if you're a caterer or if you're a baker, uh, you've got a lot of opportunities to um, potentially you know, produce food for things like weddings, corporate events. Uh, we've had a couple of association parties up there. Um, so it's just a whole other uh, element to the building uh, itself. Do people have parties or is it typically people that work here hosting events on their own? It's actually, so we run that a little bit separately. It is connected to the kitchen for sure, but we rent that out to other individuals from outside the space. So it's actually gaining a lot of momentum as a, a wedding venue at this point. Oh, nice. So we've got, um, starting in September, straight through the end of the year, I believe we have a wedding every Saturday here. Wow. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a wedding here where it was the first time it was completely catered by one of the members that runs a catering company out of the kitchen called Tablefield Catering. Uh, we had two bakers, uh, two different baking companies here, did the, uh, the desserts for that. So the wedding cake and then a pie bar. It was done by Taste This Cake and uh, Sweet Course uh, Baking Company. So that's really the goal moving forward. Very convenient. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Sure. Yeah. We have a unique opportunity to prepare food off-site and deliver to our clients. So that's just really opened up a whole other side of the business that we weren't able to accommodate before. Um, our catering business has grown immensely from being in here. Um, we used to rent kitchen space on an hourly basis when we had a large event, which was wonderful, and we loved being there. However, it wasn't it wasn't our space. We were guests in someone else's home, and it was great. But we were we were truly nomadic. So we we have a pantry here. We have space in the walk-in refrigerator and the freezer. I come in every day, and I know what's here and where I left it, and it's just given us a home. And you have access twenty four hours a day, twenty four seven. We have taken full advantage of that sometimes. <laughs> What's the earliest you've come in? Um, I, you know this. I'm not much of a morning person. No, not at all. So That's why I'm I, very uh, curious I, to I, hear. I, I do struggle with that. It doesn't come up often. I have, I'm going to say like 6 a.m. That's impressive. Which means that you have to wake up at 545. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's great. Uh -huh. it's, it's not a beauty pageant. It's a kitchen, fortunately. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, 24-7 access. And the really cool thing about it is that there are businesses in here 
where I'm sure that we know them casually, there are people I barely know because there are other businesses that operate overnight. Bakers, for mm-hmm. instance, if they need to have their product at a cafe or a market at 7 a.m. when they open for coffee service, they're in here at midnight. The most exciting thing about being in Be More Kitchen is the community that's growing out of it um, and the other food entrepreneurs and collaboration and talking to folks has been awesome. And then also the ability to grow in one space is really invaluable, you know? So it's like we have one prep table now, but if we expand our wholesale operation, we can pay a little more rent, buy some more shelving and still expand under the same food permit without having to take the huge financial risk of changing a location. Right. So I'd say that's honestly the biggest asset that the kitchen has is you can really grow here until you're super duper ready for a brick and mortar. You've been listening to the Hey Baltimore podcast. This edition was recorded on-site at Be More Kitchen, a food incubator and shared workspace that's home to some of the city's most talented culinary entrepreneurs. We want to thank Evan Altman of Be More Kitchen and Fat City Meat Company, Max Rime of Pie Time, Lauren Shine of Gundalow Gourmet, and Michelle Bond of Bottoms Up Bagels for taking the time to talk with us. You can learn more about Be More Kitchen and discover other episodes of the Hey Baltimore podcast at GoDowntownBaltimore.com. Follow us on Twitter at DowntownBalt, that's Downtown B-A-L-T, and on Facebook and Instagram at Downtown Baltimore. Hey Baltimore is produced by Downtown Partnership of Baltimore. This episode was edited by Mike Evitz with engineering assistance from Marissa Moss. Megan Eisenach is the host. Thank you for listening. <laughs>